0: Oh, oh, shine upon the darkness, so oh, word of truth, shine bright. Abide with
1: me forever, your law is my delight. Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy, the host of The of Money. This week on the podcast, I recorded an interview with my friend Chase, and it was just on like starting a business and important things to keep in mind and stuff like that from a Christian man who has started multiple businesses and will be starting multiple more in the next year or two. So... This is an episode you do not want to miss. I mean, I hope all of them are, but especially this one. If you want to learn how to be a Christian businessman and to uh, do what you can to uh, really be effective in market, to grow more, develop more for your family, and to, you know, leave an inheritance for your children and their children, like I just said. One quick note I want to make before we get into this episode. Last week, I accidentally said the great tradition of economics I meant to say the great conversation of economics that is looking at the development of economics throughout world history different ideas that have been proposed and or accepted and or tried and or rejected by various different people throughout thousands of years of history and especially that history of economics that has its foundation in scripture So we look at that history and development of economics, not just with recent people like Gary North, Thomas Sowell, and Ludwig von Mises, but going a bit further back to Adam Smith and much further back than that, trying to understand the development of economic thought throughout the centuries. And so with that note on the last episode, uh, let's go ahead and dive into uh, this interview with Chase. All right, everyone, I am here with Chase Murphy. So Chase, I'll give, let you take a moment to uh, introduce yourself to everyone.
0: Hi, Jeremy, thanks for doing that. Again, my name is Chase Murphy. I am a Christian business owner, husband, father of two, uh, who currently resides in Oklahoma. Uh, some would call me a serial entrepreneur because I'm always looking for the next business and the next opportunity uh, to expand my business portfolio And by virtue of doing that, be able to do more for the kingdom.
1: That's really great to hear. So what got you into that? Is that like you were kind of raised in a family where your dad was starting businesses? Or is this just something like one day you're, or maybe for a long time, you're thinking, I want to start a business. And then one day you finally just did. And it escalated from there.
0: (laughs) Well, I was raised in a family where my dad owned a mechanic shop and He worked at the mechanic shop, you know, all the time. So I was around someone who was entrepreneurial and business minded. But from the time I started working, I realized that I work better when I work for myself than when I work for somebody else. Not to say that I'm less productive. I just found that I can be more creative and more open whenever I work for myself. So my wife and I attempted to start our first business probably about 15 years ago, and about four failed attempts later, five years ago, uh, we started our marketing company, MDM Pro, and have grown that from, you know, just a a little out-of-the-house business to where now we have multiple employees and service tens of thousands of customers across the U.S.
1: Wow. That's really great to hear. Yeah, I get that. Um... It's easier to work for yourself than uh, to work for someone else because if you're working for someone else, especially if it's a larger company, you kind of have the bureaucracy and like getting something approved to pay for could take a a week when it's like, but if I don't get this paid for today, we're going to lose out on the free shipping deal they have going on or something like that. And there's just a lot of things that kind of tie your hands. But if you're running the business, you can just make the decision on a moment's notice like, hey, we need to do this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that you notice whenever you own the business is when it comes to where the funds that are generated from that business are invested, are implemented, when you have control of that, then it's not going somewhere that you disagree with, be it uh, theologically, be it emotionally. It's not going somewhere that you would disapprove of. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is whenever you look at the work that you do, anyone doing any job anywhere, the work that you do has an inherent value to it, and that value is going to fill a coffer. Now, it can either be filling the coffer of the employer that you're working for, be it the CEO corporation, or it can fill the coffer of your personal family and yourself and who's going to be better with the money and where the money goes and spending that money, that employer or you.
1: Yeah. And also just the value of your labor. When you're working for yourself, you get the full value of your labor. If you're working for someone else, then you don't get the full value of your labor because they have certain overhead they have to cover. And so you need to be making the company at least double or triple what they're paying you in salary to cover their taxes, their sunk costs, they're uh you know they're paying your the other side, the employer side of your taxes, insurance and the facility, all kinds of things they have to pay. So yeah, they need at least double what they're paying you in income from for themselves because of your working there.
0: Yeah, and you'd probably be surprised to know that most businesses shoot for over ten times mm-hmm. what they pay you in what they get from you.
1: hmm Yeah. So, so
0: you can either Work for money for somebody, or you can learn to make your money work for you. Mm-hmm. And the only way that that's going to happen is outside of the regular nine to five job.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and a lot of that, I'm sure, this is probably how it started for you. You had your probably nine to five job, and then you were starting your your first few failed attempts, and then finally, when you really struck it with the marketing company, that was like your you're moonlighting, you come home, eat dinner with the family, and then spend an hour or two each evening working on this until you really got it going.
0: Well, I (laughs) actually, I did that a little wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not the way that I would advise people to do it, uh, though it does tend to make for a better outcome. I realized what I was doing, I didn't agree theologically with the company, the organization, I didn't agree with where their money went, where their ideologies were. And I talked with my wife, and we agreed that though we have had these failed businesses, we understood that if I fully invested into a business, that we could make it go, you know, by God's grace. That happened because I actually left my job and then opened my business, which wow. I do not recommend for the average Joe Um But you definitely have to have a lot of drive and desire to make sure that comes true.
1: Yeah, a lot of drive and uh, hopefully a decent safety net in your bank account to cover your bills while you're getting the business up and running.
0: (laughs) Yes, because we didn't have a big one of those.
1: Mm -hmm. Wow, that is impressive that you did that and it worked out. And like you said, I would not recommend uh, many people to try that because of the high risk there.
0: Absolutely, and that's I actually work with various business owners and i I work with entrepreneurs but i also work with entrepreneurs the people who would like to be entrepreneurial who want to own their own business and that's one of the first things that i tell them you know these are the mistakes that i've made Mm -hmm. this is how it can hinder you let's learn from those and not repeat those in your you know business adventure
1: Mm. so would you recommend most people then kind of start the uh moonlighting in the evenings type thing. And once they have a decent bit of income coming from their business, then maybe quit their current job or switch their current job to only part time and put more hours on their uh, business. They're starting.
0: Well, the first thing that you have to do is you have to go to financial literacy Mm -hmm. and Robert Kiyosaki actually wrote a really great book on it called rich dad, poor dad, which is fantastic. And one of the things that you have to realize is you have assets and liabilities And most people don't truly know what the difference between an asset and a liability is where Mm. most people would say that their greatest asset is their house. Well, the thing is, is it's actually not your house because your house isn't generating you income. So it's just costing you money. And the housing market is historically volatile though. Those waves come every 10 to 20 years. It still happens. So houses that were bought in 2006, for a million dollars in 2009 may have been worth three hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. so that volatility means that really that's not your biggest asset and if it is then you know we, we've got a few issues but one of the things that you have to realize is all of your expenses every single month what is that amount and you need to get your passive income to exceed all of your expenses on a regular monthly basis so that you can completely step away from everything you're doing at a job and the 9 to 5 Monday through Friday type deal and make the money that you earn actually go out and earn money for you.
1: Mm-hmm. And there
0: are various ways to do that, whether it's starting a business um, is, is a fantastic way. Investing in real estate is a fantastic way. But you want to do things that require the least amount of your time up front. So, that you can start generating that income early. And then you can get into things that require more of your time once you no longer have that job that you're dependent on to pay your bills.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Trying to figure out what things have the uh, highest rate of income per hour of input based on your specific skill set or what you could uh, learn and develop a skill set in. Absolutely. It's cool. And, uh, You said you're a serial entrepreneur, so are there uh, some other companies you want to talk about besides your advertising marketing company?
0: Yeah, so we've got MDM Pro, which is our marketing company that does self-promo. You know, we can do shirts and hats and pins and everything that you can imagine the logo on. We do that, and then I also own BioSafe Global Technologies, which is an energy services company. Uh, We started that one when we realized that there was a need for improved indoor air quality and energy conservation. Uh, There were a lot of funds available for it right now for Native American tribes, for businesses and for states. Uh, So we actually started that a couple of years ago and kind of worked through. And now we're writing grants that go into the DOE and, and we're able to fully fund projects projects with grant funds that are out there and we also have a diabetic wound treatment company uh Lavior Tribal that does diabetic wound treatment and management as well as traditional wound management and then we've got a few more businesses that we're going to end up starting probably here in the next couple of years
1: wow that's really cool i love that i love the entrepreneurial mindset and uh i like uh anyone really, but especially Christians getting involved and in just and not just trying to be an employee for someone else, but owning their own company and maybe getting it big enough like you that they're now the employer for other people, especially in our current culture in the US and then up north in Canada is even worse than we are right now and being hostile towards Christians. And so if we have a Christians right now starting businesses and getting them big enough where they can hire other people and not just be a solopreneur, as some people call it. Then maybe we can have a place where five or 10 years down the road, it's really hard for Christians to get a job for an unbeliever employer just because of all the whatever crazy stuff there is going on now. You know, how much worse will it be five or 10 years from now? Then maybe Christians can try to uh, step up and start hiring uh, other people at their church who are out of work because they. I don't know. Wouldn't sign off on whatever thing five years from now makes right now not look that crazy. I don't know. People trying yeah. to take the trans animal stuff to a surgical level, like they're cr- currently taking the transgender stuff. I don't know what's gonna be going on five years from now.
0: Yeah, you know, your your guess is as good as mine on that, but I mean we, we saw it even during the pandemic where Christian employees were being fired mm. for, you know, not complying with whatever regulation, be it mask or getting a jab or what, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw it in my local church. And, you know, the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur is when those hardships come, not only are you able to offer jobs to be able to help in your brother or sister's time of need,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: in the entrepreneur realm, you can also help to mentor them to do the same thing that you're doing mm-hmm. so that they no longer depend on somebody else's arbitrary rules based off of whatever the zeitgeist of the day is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You already mentioned some advice for people starting their own businesses and things like that. Uh what uh uh what other things do you want to say for someone uh trying to think about maybe uh how do they start an idea? They're like, okay, I'm bought in, I want to start my own business. I just have no idea how to figure out an idea for a business or an industry or something like that. What would you say to someone in that position?
0: So the first thing that you want to do first off commit to doing it because a lot of people play around with the idea of starting a business, generating passive income. And they're like, I'm going to do that. I want to do that. That's a great idea. And then the first roadblock that they hit, they're like, "Uh, maybe it's not for me commit to doing it. Motivation is cheap. Motivation, you can have it one day, lose it the next day. But intestinal fortitude is a character trait. Have that intestinal fortitude when it comes to making that decision and just say, regardless of what happens, this is something that we're going to do. I'm going to make it successful. And then as far as getting into specific steps, a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of and and you see it on shows like shark tank and, and different things where they have this grand idea of a product or a service and it's this new ingenious thing and they're like i would love to use this and then they go out and they spend thousands and hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions of dollars to make this idea come to fruition just to find out that the market doesn't actually agree with you the market doesn't want it the market doesn't need it and if they do they don't realize that maybe you're too early to the game for that and i say that to say people who want to be entrepreneurial need to for their specific area identify your customer first everyone always tries to identify their product or their service identify your customer look where the need is in your community because it's a lot easier to fill a need than to create a need. Mm -hmm. So if you can find where the need is, if you live in a community that it rains all the time, so grass has to be mowed all the time and there's not a lot of lawn companies in the area, that's a potential need that's already there. But if you live in an area that and, and take dispensaries, for instance. <laughs> how, how many of them are there on the street corners of states that it's legal in? They're everywhere
1: mm-hmm. because
0: everyone thought, oh, there's going to be money in this. I like dispensaries. I should just start one. And then now in the state of Oklahoma, five years ago, we had marijuana legalized. And today there are less than half of the dispensaries that there were five years ago because people were trying – to start businesses to their own likes, rather than seeing what the true need is in the market and then addressing that need.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of shortly before Family Video finally went out of business. Every Family Video I passed by had on the sign that they sold CBD inside. And I saw that and I just thought, Blockbuster's been out of business for 10 or 12 years now, Family Video's about to go, and they're selling CBD just trying to hold on to uh, a positive uh, profit loss statement for dear life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can look at Netflix and the example that Netflix has where they were a mail-in service to get DVDs sent to your house. And then mm-hmm. whenever they realized that not only was the internet a thing, but it was catching on and there was this idea of streaming that was coming out and there were some minor players in the game They said, hey, we're going to change our business model because this is what the market wants. Mm -hmm. And they what the market wanted, and it made them billions of dollars.
1: Yeah, and they took a risk starting out because when Netflix first started, VHSs were still more popular than uh, DVDs. I know that's crazy to think that was 14 years ago, VHSs were still more popular than DVDs, and now people hardly use DVDs anymore. But Netflix was kind of taking a risk because it was just too expensive to mail VHSs when they started but they found it. They found enough people wanting to have DVDs mailed to their house and then they moved on to streaming like you just said.
0: Yeah, and you can look at the counter example of Redbox where Redbox was supposed to be the killer of the movie rental stores and there for 24 months you really thought it was going to be. You saw them popping up everywhere, but they failed to see the writing on the wall that Netflix saw and they mm-hmm. stuck to the model for too long and now they have a streaming service and they're kind of trying to catch up, but it's certainly not as robust as it was whenever they had a red box at every single store you walked into.
1: Yeah. And with their, I don't know much about their streaming service, but I'm sure it's not really anything other than a ripoff of Netflix. It's not something different. Like Marcus Pittman doing lore, it's different than uh, Netflix because it's like the concepts of Netflix and Kickstarter combined into one. And they're right. not censoring you for having a not far left idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's really good, identifying the need before you try to identify the product. And that really gets into uh, important aspects of the free market, especially from a Christian view, though many non-Christian free market advocates would recognize this as well. You do well in the free market by being the best servant. You uh, fill the need, you fill a need out there in the market the best, and that makes you more money than your competitors.
0: Absolutely. I mean, look at the parable of the talents. Mm Mm-hmm example of that principle and the reason non-christian marketers out there and non-christian capitalists out there glean to that same principle is because it's truth yeah what is found in scripture is truth and Mm -hmm. it's applicable and it's important as much as it it is as important today as it was two thousand years ago
1: Yeah, they're made in the image of God. And so even if they reject the Christian faith, there's still elements of that image of God in their thought processes.
0: Well, not only that, but they're still bound by the same physical constraints Mm -hmm. as the Christian. The Christian just knows where those physical constraints come from. They know why pushing this button and pulling that lever yields this result. Mm -hmm. The market through psychology and different means are just now figuring out that there are levers of influence and, and that there are things that you can do to h- improve the chances of getting the desired result. But the thing is, is all those things are scripturally based, having mm-hmm. to do with servant's heart, having to do with brother brotherhood, having to do with, you know, repaying evil with good. I mean, those things are scripturally based. It's not this new psychological trick oh my gosh we unlocked the mystery of the brain no it's always been there and the scripture points you to it but everyone else is just now catching on and trying to find a way to justify that outside of scripture but we know where it comes from
1: yeah science is just now figuring out what the bible has been telling us for two thousand years or more yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's great anything else you wanted to say
0: Uh, So when it comes to starting a business, obviously one thing that you're going to need is you are going to need some cash reserve, even if you're starting it just in your spare time. There's going to be cost of implementation, and I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend any Christian entrepreneur out there, someone who wants to start their own business, get with a Christian business owner who has built something, who has done something who has a successful business. It doesn't even have to be a big multi-million dollar deal, but get with someone who started something and ask them if they'll mentor you. Ask them if they'll help you because you're going to be able to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that they had and you'll be able to capitalize on a lot of successes that they've had. So lean on your family because you have brothers in Christ that are out there who have been where you are, who have wanted what you want and who have gotten the bruises and broken bones and come out the other side with that prize and they want to help you get there
1: yeah that's great and then think about that over the course of uh, a couple of generations you've got a few christian businessmen that have done well in a church and each of them teach a few other men in the church and then all of those men teach their sons and in like two generations you have i don't know how many dozens of uh people who have the potential of being good businessmen from learning from their fathers and grandfathers and the people that mentored their fathers and grandfathers.
0: Absolutely. And the thing is, is anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. You just have to have that intestinal fortitude to say, if someone can do it, I can do it. And if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. And then you just, you go out and make it happen. You've got to put in the work every single day to make it happen. Because when you let your foot off the gas, guess what? The car slows down.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
0: the same in business. When you let your foot off the gas, the car slows down and it begins to coast. And eventually it will come to a stop. So have that intestinal fortitude to keep your foot on the gas. But don't forget to bring your family, to bring your friends along with you. Mm -hmm. That's one other piece of advice that I would give any budding entrepreneur. Don't forget to include your family, your spouse, your children. Be teaching them. Your first mission field is your home. Be showing the principles that you glean from business. Be showing the principles that you glean about finances to your family so that they will know, they will understand, they can share.
1: Yeah. I think one thing that would be important to add, too, is it can be easy to think the people that start successful businesses are these geniuses with these sky high IQs, but you know, occasionally, sure, I'm sure a few of them are like that, but a lot of them are probably just people who uh, were determined and uh, probably didn't have a, an outrageously high IQ within one standard deviation of average IQ. A lot of them are, but they just had a good idea and the determination to see it through and not give up when it looked like they could fail.
0: I promise you this. When it comes to people that I look for as contractors, as fellow business owners, I would take over 10 people strictly with high IQs who think they know everything and know what's going on. I would take one person who just has that internal drive and motor to figure it out and make it happen. Over 10 of those highly intellectual know-it-alls, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better word. Because yes, those are the ones who are going to be successful, the ones who understand that even owning a business, you're going to put in work, and they're in it for the long haul.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because and, I uh, can so, go ahead. I, I can teach skills, and people can learn skills, but what I can't teach is that intestinal fortitude, that inner drive, that motor that pushes a person. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you have to have. If you don't have that, if you have no motivation and no drive, owning a business is probably not for you because the thing that pushes business is your internal motivation and drive. You have to get up and be the most excited person for your business every single day that you get up.
1: Yeah. I was listening to the audiobooks for Good to Great and Built to Last a couple months ago, and I forget which company this was, but it said, uh, this company, they built a factory out in the middle of nowhere. And hired a bunch of farmers or kids who had grown, adults who had grown up on farms as kids, because they said, I can be in a city and hire really smart people that have bachelor's and master's degrees, but I don't know if they have a good work ethic. Here, at, you know, in the middle of nowhere, I've got a bunch of people who are farmers, and some of them will be super smart, some of them won't. You know, you got your average IQs all over the place like anywhere else. But they said sure. these people who grew up on farms will have a higher work ethic than the people in the city. And with that high work ethic, I can teach them whatever I need to teach them.
0: Yep. I, I can, I can teach a monkey to turn a wrench, mm-hmm. but I can't teach someone to want to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really good. So I guess if nothing else, uh, part of this is uh, telling you, uh, I guess two main takeaways I would say from this is try to find a need in the people to serve where there's a need in the market before you figure out your product and uh, find a product to match that need. So you can serve that area that has need. And then once you found that be everyone else, when it comes to your drive to see it through to the end. And if you can just find a hole in the market and you're driven to keep going, then you should be able to figure things out.
0: Absolutely. And I would add a few nuances if you're looking to get into the market, don't go into commodities like groceries, gas, the things that everybody sells because with commodities, you've seen it with Walmart, you've seen it with Amazon, it's a race to the bottom.
1: Mm-hmm. Who can
0: become most efficient and sell what they have for the cheapest possible? Focus, because you're driven, focus on the customer experience, delivering consistently and expanding on what someone understands a sales or customer interaction should look like. Focus on those things and your business is to the moon. Because with our business, our marketing company, for instance, for the first couple of years, I didn't really know enough about business and I always wanted to be the cheapest guy on everything. I was the cheapest guy on shirts. I was the cheapest guy on pins. And that puts you in a race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I realized that what I needed to become, rather than just a shirt and a pin salesman, is I needed to become an advisor, an advisor that my customers knew, liked, and could trust. And my messaging started to change. You know, it was no longer, I'm the cheapest shirt you'll get. It's, I'm probably not the cheapest shirt that you'll get. But the one thing that you'll always find is we're consistently putting our customer first and our customer service is not going to be beat.
1: Yeah, and there's that, only so, there's only so you. much you can do to differentiate on price. There's a lot you can do to differentiate on service.
0: Absolutely. And whenever you can differentiate what you're doing, regardless of market, whether it's selling promo, selling cars, washing cars, what mowing lawns, Whatever you do, niches are where the best financial gain is for you. Mm -hmm. And one way to, you can identify niches that are out there, but one way to create your own niche is by separating yourself from your competition. One of the things that my salesmen do that separates us from every other promo business out there is every customer that my salesman sees, at least. Three times a year, they are writing a thank you card that does not have our business name and has a minimum of both inside pages completely handwritten specific to that customer two to three times a year.
1: That's a really great idea.
0: Because everyone's used to seeing emails. Everyone's used to getting phone calls. So our niche in the market is, hey, we're the ones that won't just shake your hand and make the deal happen. But we're the ones that even when we come by to see you, when we first meet you, maybe when it's Christmas time, you're going to get a thank you card from us that is personally addressed to you, telling you how much that we appreciate getting to work with you, identifying something unique about that customer that you can point out from previous conversations. And let me tell you, the effect that that has on your business, and it's a small thing, but it's different than everybody else. The effect that has on your business is near innumerable.
1: Alright, so I hope you all really liked that interview and that you learned a lot from it. I'm going to put a couple links in the description of this episode to uh, some of Chase's websites so you can check them out. That t-shirt website he mentioned, uh, like we were saying there, you know, these t-shirt companies, in a way, kind of, you're getting the same t-shirt with all of them. You know, like he does the super soft touch t-shirts and they're really nice, but they're also the same... Uh, soft t-shirts you'll get from other companies where he was talking about differentiating on service not prices you know if you just go to I don't know for imprint or oriental trading don't they do like custom t-shirts whatever custom t-shirt website there is online you just kinda order whatever online and you're going off of whatever like you think is best you're just like oh here's like the cheapest option available or okay I want to pay an extra dollar per shirt to get it the softer t-shirt or whatever But you go with Chase's company and he's going to want to talk with you. He's going to ask you like, hey, what are these t-shirts for? Uh, Are they for like, I don't know, you're a nonprofit and these are for donors? Okay, maybe you want like a nice high quality polo or something like that. Or, oh, you you run a shop and these are for people that are, you know, working the shop. You want this type of material here that was going to be breathable for them when they're getting super sweaty and, you know, different stuff like that. He's going to help you know, like, what's the best material to get? and uh, you know work with you on stuff like that and so that's how he sets himself apart with that business and um one that's you know advertising for him and then two like model stuff like that with whatever business you do also chase wanted me to mention that lord willing uh next year at the beginning of next year he's going to start a christian business mentoring program and so if you're interested in it then uh Uh, Get a hold of him through the contact method on one of the websites that's linked in the description and uh, tell him you want to be a part of that or find Chase Murphy on uh, Facebook or whatever and uh, reach out to him there and tell him that when he starts his business mentoring program, you want to be a part of it. So that was this week's episode of Theana Money. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, Clean and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends. More.